podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sometimes results just aren't that important. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Real Football Cast. I'm your host Dan Tracy and in the next 60 minutes we'll once again dissect all the hot topics in football. As like most episodes, we'll be cutting through all the latest noise as we take a look at what's happened in the past seven days. Joining me tonight is the return of the three amigos. It's been a while, but both Cole and JS are back together on the same episode. And I must say, it's a pleasure to have you both back on the show. Now, Cole, it's been a couple of weeks since we last spoke. How have you been? Yeah, very good, Dan. Glad glad to be back and chat everything football in what's obviously been a difficult difficult few days in the football world. Uh, but glad to be here, mate, and looking forward to going through it all. Excellent, mate. And also, JS, now we had some verbal back and forth last week. And how have the last seven days treated you? Uh, very well, Dan. Thank you. How are you getting on? Uh, not too bad. It was my birthday yesterday and I was at Wembley, so not the best birthday I've ever had. More on that later. Not my birthday, the actual match itself. But um, It was, and a very, very happy belated birthday to you. Thank you very much, JS. Thank you very much. 35 years young yesterday. So I best do some social media bits first, otherwise we'll be talking to the Abyss once more. First, if you want to get in touch with me, you can. That's on Twitter, at StanTracy1983. Anything show-related, please send it my way. You can find me via iTunes by searching for Real Football Cast. And if you do use that platform, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And if you're not a fan of all things Apple, you can also find me on SoundCloud and Acast. While the easiest way to find the links is by going to realfootballcast.com. As you should know by now, the Real Football Cast is sponsored by Loserpool. And what is Loserpool, I hear you ask? It is a new game that sees betting turned on its head, with the focus being on the loser. Now, if that has grabbed your interest, be sure to visit loserpool.com and create an account. Especially as you can still sign up for the prize pool, which guarantees a winner £1,000. Something you will not want to miss out on. Now, before we do go live, I'd like to send my condolences to everyone connected with the awful events at Leicester last weekend. Something that I'm sure Carl and JS will join me in doing so. Also, at the same time, we as a trio, we're not just the Spurs fans, but fans of the game itself, would of course like to say get well soon to Glenn Hoddle after he was also taken ill on Saturday. Also, as an additional mark of respect, we're not going to be covering the Leicester-West Ham game. Sometimes results just aren't important. We will, however, do our best to make sense of what's happened on the pitch over the past few days. And first, I'm going to focus our attention on El Clasico. Now, Carl, myself and JS, we discussed this last week and we almost, well, I guess we did. We preempted Lopetegui's sacking, something that we did get spot on. Now, it was almost, dare I say, sort of in an inevitable position that is the sack was going to follow. I don't think even he expected a 5-1 thumping at the new Camp. Um, where do Real Madrid go from here? More importantly, who's the man to take charge? Well, that's a, diff- it's a difficult one for Real Madrid, isn't it? I mean, they, they'll have their pick of any manager they kind of want, you know. Um, they, that, that's the sort of club that when they come calling, people say they find it difficult to go to. So... I guess now it all depends what they want, do they? Do they want a short-term fix um, where you bring in, say, someone like Conte, who could be one of the favourites there? Um, But as we saw at Chelsea, he's one of those managers, I think, where his methods work for a limited amount of time. um, And then after a while, you get the impression players get a little bit tired of the methods that he wants to try and follow. Or are they going to try and, you know, build a philosophy of playing there? which if they did, then you kind of think, you know, and and worrying for us, I guess, is that 
you've got to imagine that Poch will be high on their agenda again. Um, and obviously with the noises coming out from Poch in the week about being unhappy and every, you know, all the situations going on at, at Spurs at the moment, could Poch's, you know, could he be turned this time now and suddenly be lured, be lured away for the challenge that is Madrid? Um, and Madrid remind me a little bit of Chelsea at a period of time when, you know, once they got rid of Mourinho the first time and you had some power players there like Drogba and Terry that seemed to kind of run the club um, and some managers were just struggling because they were such a big influence in the dressing room. Um, and I think Madrid maybe have that with someone like Ramos at the moment. Where you they, get da- they definitely, they definitely yeah. have it. I, th- I think Ramos was almost... Uh, directly responsible for Mourinho leaving, yeah, to definitely. put that into context. So I, I think even more than at Chelsea, um, I seem to remember there was a, there was a huge incident. It was, it was all centred around Mourinho. It, it was all a bit handbags, but in a very macho way. It was kind of like, you know, getting your cocks out and trying to see who's got the biggest dick. It was like Mourinho well, was like... Right, Mourinho, well, yeah, Mourinho was like, I'm dropping Casillas, even though he was still still clearly one of the best two or three <laughs> keepers in the world. All of the Spanish lot in the Madrid dressing room rebelled against it. Ronaldo didn't like it, and Ramos faced him down and basically said, what the fuck have you ever done? You, you never even played the game and all this kind of stuff. We're, we're all World Cup winners. What the do you know? And it, it was gone within a month. That's that's what I'm saying. And I kind of think, like, you know, I mean, Sergio Ramos, we actually dubbed him, um, he is the the king god of shit housing now, yeah. basically. So, I, I, to be honest, he's the kind of player that I, I think, if they went for someone like Poch, I actually think Poch would try to get rid of him pretty sharpish because he wouldn't want mm. him in the dressing room. Potts doesn't like a player like that who kind of tries to run the dressing room and I'm running the show. Potts will get rid of someone like that because that's not Potts' philosophy, is it? He's uh, with, all with about all, teamwork. With, with all due respect to Pochettino, obviously, I love him. But if Ramos has the biggest balls in the universe, which he does, and he can get rid of Jose Mourinho... He can definitely get rid of Mauricio Pochettino, who's basically won nothing. It's a very good point you if, make, actually. If, yeah. if they if they if they go head to head, and I I think you're right, actually, though, Carl, I do agree. I think he would want to try and get rid of those players, but I think he's also quite sensible. And if it did come to a face off. He'd back down, but when why, where would that leave him on a, on a power struggle? I, I honestly, I, it sounds a bit strange, but I honestly can't see Pochettino going to Madrid. I think he's quite a sensible guy. I think he, I, I think he'd see it as a kind of poison chalice, you know. Like why? I, I really kind of feel like. He'd think, why? Why would I go and do that? I've got this great thing. I'm getting paid. He's getting paid eight and a half million quid a year at Spurs now. I, why? Why would he risk it? It's basically untouchable at Spurs. You know, Levy. Even if we miss out on the top four this year, Levy will understand because there are restrictions in place. Levy won't suddenly get trigger happy with Pochettino. He he knows a good thing and a good deal when he sees it. He wouldn't get a manager of that 
caliber in off the street at the moment. It just just doesn't work like that, you know. I've got a name for you, Jay. Someone um, mentioned this one. Would you or could you see Arsene Wenger become the next Real Madrid manager? Did you say? Did you say you saw someone mention it? Someone mentioned it to me, and I thought, oh, actually, it's a very good shout. So, um... oh, I thought I thought that was me. I actually put that on Twitter the other day, it just just as an interim, yeah, till the end to of the season, guide them through the season. And he said he was looking to get back into management. He said January, but you know, three three months. I don't think that'll make a difference to him. He's, he's had enough time off, hasn't he? He's yeah. had a few months off now. He'll be rested and refreshed, and yeah, they'll, they'll respect him at Madrid. So I, I think that would be a good move uh, as a temporary thing until next summer. I would just say one thing on the Lopetegui. I still don't Lopetegui. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce the surname, but I do feel like that was a bit of karma because Real Madrid did their typical. Billy Big Bollocks, you know, we can run roughshod over everyone because we're Real Madrid and completely derailed the Spanish team's plans right before the World Cup by announcing that he was leaving Spain and coming to Madrid. And I kind of feel like they're, they're, they're all getting what they deserve now at the moment, you know. Yeah, I think you're right in that sense. I mean, obviously, it's the slump of uh, Ronaldo and Zidane moving on, but... Karma does um, have a habit of uh, biting you in the arse when it comes to football, and I think Real Madrid are, are suffering now. Some might say good. But, so. but, but the th- yeah, I say good. I, I, I think I hate... I, I, I'm not a big fan of Real Madrid. I don't like the way they go about their business. You know, they, they tap people up through players in the press. They get what they want at all costs and basically fuck everyone else. You I don't, you don't like, like our special relationship, JS, where we give them all our best players and in return we get absolutely nothing. That, that, that's the one that where Kovacic... <laughs> exactly, that, that one where um, Kovacic can go to Chelsea on yeah. one. They're paying, they're, paying the, they're paying the bulk of his wages and they've got, they've got an optional clause to buy him for about £50 million, a player as good as Kovacic. Just um, really that round. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's lovely. Although you know, <laughs> we did we did get um, Paulinho and Roberto Soldado out of the, the bail money. So happy days. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah so, so let's look at the team on the other end of that special relationship. Top. <sighs> now, um, like I say, I was in attendance last night. Freezing cold weather at Wembley, and a on a pitch which has seen much better days. Um, Monday night football, and I think if you um, saw the pitch, you'd think it was of the state's side variety. Um, now, Cole, it's a defeat, but one arguably, but it should have been at least a draw for Tottenham. Yeah, definitely, Dan. I think a missed opportunity there, wasn't it? And City, City didn't have one of their greatest nights, um, and we actually played quite well, but it, there was just always that you always had that kind of feeling that we just didn't quite have the quality on the pitch to take advantage of, of what we were what we were given and the space that City allowed us. Um, but yeah, it, it was such a shame because you know after the first five minutes, I was slightly worried because you kind of thinking, oh, this could be a real bad night and you mm. could be in for a four or five nil thumping. Oh, I thought that as well. Yeah, yeah when, that, when that goal, goal went well. early. Yeah, I mean, that, that was a real worry. And and especially the way that Trippier got done, because it was so easy, you just kind of thought, oh, no, we're going to have one. Oh, it was so annoying. I, I was so annoyed by that. It was so... 
that that's the thing, isn't it? If you're going to be playing City at home, make sure you don't concede early and yeah. don't don't give them easy goals. Make them yeah. work for their goals. You yeah. know, I mean, that I mean, was just like have a goal, lads. You Trippier know. twice, wasn't it? You know, the header he should clear the header and clear Sterling out at the same time. And then once he catches up with Sterling on the run, it's like, well, just now, don't sell yourself. And he literally just sells himself. It was awful. Easy. It was too easy. And, and then he had the cheek to try and moan at Lloris for the goal. Yeah, and yeah. Thinking, well, hold on a minute here. You've just sold us twice down the river. Mm-hmm. So I think you should wind it in a little bit. Yeah, agreed. Not one of your greatest moments. But they recovered. Um, and we had enough of the ball. Um, but like I say, there's always that at the key moment where you needed the part, the right pass to be played or the right shot to be taken. We just kind of didn't have that quality end product that I think on mm. another night, we definitely could have got something out of that game. We, I think we at least deserved a draw. That That's for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, OK, so I, I actually slightly disagree with your reading of the game although I, I completely agree with the goal that was just uh it was ridiculous i actually think spurs spurs are coming back into form i actually think we do you know what we always talk about having like christian erickson out or dali ali but i i i always think we look more like the Tottenham we've come to love and know under Pochettino when Moussa Dembele's in the team. And I don't think it's any coincidence we've started playing better in the last couple of matches now he's come back in. You know what I mean? Because he, he picked up that little knock, didn't he, for a few games. Um, we, we actually look quite good for the first four games, including in the Watford game, where really we just got undone by two set pieces. Um and actually, I think last night w- was actually the the highest quality match between two teams in the Premier League this season so far. I think the defending on the whole was actually excellent. City did really well to restrict our chances. I mean, we you know people talk about the the glorious free flowing attacking football City play, and they do. But they don't concede much either. Um, they're very good at soaking up pressure. They're, they're very good at stopping you creating things. And it's, it's little subtle things, breaking up play. You know, the things that don't, they aren't the glamorous parts of football. So they don't really get analysed and talked about as much. Mistakes get talked about. And when people have done amazing things, they get talked about. But it's... It's often those little things, you know, like Dembele was very good in the middle of the field for us in that regard. I mean, we we actually limited their chances quite a lot. I actually think on the whole we defended really well. And I actually think it was more two very high quality teams cancelling each other out last night. And really, we were only... And I would have put money on Lamella finishing that. Why he didn't just hit it low? I've got no idea. Um, because that's his, no- that's his normal finish, apart from when he's trying extraordinary Rabonas and stuff from outside the box. He just slots it low. That's it, you know? Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I, I think you mentioned just before we went off, off air, Kane's touch 
Yes, but I think most keepers would not have got to that as quickly. Normally, that touch for Kane means he gets a shot away. It was a little bit heavy, but it wasn't... Do do you know what I mean? It's just Edison, because he's... Watching Edison last night was like watching Manuel Neuer in his pomp. I mean, it was... (laughs) I saw him somewhere near the centre circle at one point. You know, it's I love that kind of sweeping heap thing. But I actually think it was two very, very, very good teams. And it was it was like a chess match. And it was really intriguing to watch it. And I just think we cancelled each other out. Very good defending, very good breaking up of play, limiting clear-cut chances. I mean, City had maybe one, that David Silva one, where... For God knows what reason, he took another touch and then laid it off instead of just shooting or whatever. Um, I think they got one other shot away that I think was at Viral got a really good block on. Um, yeah, they had the one off the line, didn't they? Yeah. At one point. Uh, and I, I think we have to say as well, I, I think Danny gets enough stick, the guy. Um, but I think every Spurs fan would happily say today that Musa Sissoko yeah, probably absolutely. had his best game in a Spurs yes. last Yes, and um, um, sorry, I'll stop talking in a second, but I've just got a lot of things to say, <laughs> to say about this game. But but I, I agree, he came on as a substitute two games ago, I can't remember who it was against, and I actually thought, Cardiff. oh bloody... Yeah, it was Cardiff, and I, and, I, and I know it was only Cardiff, but I thought, oh god, he actually looks... He was starting to do those driving runs, you know, like the player we thought we signed two years ago after the Euros. And I thought, bloody hell, that's that's a bit more like it. And then I think the game before the City game, he actually had his best game in a Spurs shirt. And now this game, he's topped it again and had his new best game, you know, within a game. And it's actually starting to look like a player again. And if he can keep that up in that form... That is a massive boost to us going through the season because he won't be a first-team starter week in, week out. But if he can play to that standard or anywhere near it, that's that's a huge bonus to us. But what, what I was going to say, just to sum up, I'm actually... This is going to sound really weird. I'm actually less worried about us now because of how I saw us play last night than I was when we were winning ugly and not necessarily playing badly, but playing very pedestrian football. I actually think we look all right, you know. Um, And one final thought, my actual theory about this, I think I said this to Dan on Twitter at some point, was that the real Musa Sissoko was actually kidnapped straight after... (laughs) Yeah, was actually kidnapped straight after the Euros... And he's finally broken out and um, just turned up a couple of games ago, just in time for Cardiff. He killed the fake one off, and now he's back in the team. It's I hope you're right, mate. I hope you're right. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> I'm happy. Um, yeah. At the same time, we shouldn't forget that Carl actually went against his own team in the losable pits. Mm. With full disclosure, <laughs> I actually went against him in the live game itself. But I'm putting mine down to what should I call it? I don't know, birthday insurance. So, um, had Tottenham nice. got a bonus... If they didn't, I'm through to the next round of loser pool. So it was a win-win, mm-hmm. and I'm in. So we'll go to our loser pool picks later on. But now that scandal's been uncovered. Who did, who did I have? You had Cardiff. 
So um, not really the most difficult pick of the world when they were at Liverpool, were they? But... I, I really wish you'd kept that table going. I've got like 100% record. You have? Still. Yeah, it's fine. We'll, so... well, we'll put you to the test uh, later on the show. Um, yeah. Like I say, that scandal's been uncovered that Cole picked a, against himself, but... Um, shocking, Cole. Shocking behaviour there. But, <laughs> but our, um, it's now time for our monthly Tottenham Stadium moan, as the uh, news that Spurs <laughs> won't be moving home until 2019 at the earliest. And that's gone down um, not very well, Cole. No surprise there. Is it safe to say that the club have perhaps bitten off more than they can chew, as it looks like they should have just gone for the two years at Wembley now? I know hindsight's wonderful and all that, but it, it does look like the smart decision, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I think, unfortunately, Dan, isn't it? Uh, people have just kind of got to the bit where they were prepared to accept small delays. Um, mm. And when they, and when it's come this far and now... Uh, and I think the real thing that's probably angering people most, Dan, is the way that they're kind of dealing with the, the sort of refund policy on yeah. people who've brought season tickets. Because if you were mm. getting delays and it was... A sh- yeah, that's a shame, but we all know these sort of projects are bound to have delays and of they course. were being... They were being really super ambitious with what they were doing. But I think if, you know, and one of the credits that's gone to the Leicester chairman who sadly passed away is that he basically did lots of stuff for the fans. And and this is a complete opposite at the moment of what's happening at Spurs. You know, the fans are being put out and kind of, if you like, being taken for a small ride. And then actually they're getting a double kick in the teeth when they're not even kind of getting much given back to them in terms of, well, we're going to refund you this. It's not going to be in loyalty points or match credits. It's going to be money straight into your bank. No messing about. And then, you know, we're going to, for those people who've got season tickets, we're going to reduce ticket prices for the matches that you're at Wembley. But there's none of that. And I think that's the thing that I think finally turns people the wrong way, you know, because you could understand it if you knew the club were doing something to kind of say, look, we're sorry, we're going to do this, you know, discount this or, you know, money off of this, just to thank you for your loyalty. But when you're kind of getting shafted as well as being taken for a ride, that's when people turn and say, well, actually, now I'm getting fed up of what you're doing. And you saw last night, you know, people don't want to be at Wembley no more. Well, you know, if you can't sell out to the Man City... Um, then that that's the biggest game you're going to get. And when people don't really want to show up to that sort of fixture, it doesn't help it's on telly, because obviously if you know it's on telly in the week, then, you know, you're probably going to want to sit at home if it's freezing cold as well. But it, that's the knock-on effect it's having. You know, people are reluctant then to start going and spending more money because they're actually fed up of what's gone on. Well, this um, is it, mate. Sorry to interrupt. We'll, we'll get there, won't we? Yeah. It, I mean... We'll get there, but... I mean, you, you've got you were a season ticket, Dan. So you're probably in the best position to tell us how you're you're kind of feeling. Well, yes, I'll tell you that now. To be honest, I mean, I can't go to the Chelsea game, so I've cashed on that one because I just can't go. So, but then there's four matches in the space of December. I think it's like Burnley, Wolves, Bournemouth, Southampton. Now, yeah, yeah, that's <clears> 180 points exactly. that can go towards my my season ticket next season. That should take us to the new stadium now if mm-hmm. I wanted a Wembley season ticket I would have got one last year I don't want a Wembley season ticket I've got a Wembley season ticket now mm-hmm. does this make me less of a fan because I'm deciding not to go to games perhaps and I'll take any flack that comes with it but it took me quite a, a lot of hard work to get £900 to get the season ticket for this season mm-hmm. treat to myself mm-hmm. should I say um, it's a treat that I'm not getting anything out of and I'm not being sort of yeah. tight but I like to think do you know what 
let's just bank some of that money, put it towards next season's actual season ticket, because I've still got to find the money for that. I'm, not, I'm nowhere near that either, so reluctantly, I, I don't really want sorry, to win. Sorry, Dan. No, carry on, Jay. Yeah, I, 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 do you know what? Um, it's, it's a little bit shameful, but I've, I've only been a few times because I just hated it so much. Um, uh, I mean, I've been there to see England play, and I, I hated it then. It didn't feel like England's home, and I really wish they'd sold it to that American football guy, um, so then we could go touring the country again. So, what I've done, I've, I've mainly gone to away away games instead, you know, because the atmosphere is better, obviously, um, amongst the Spurs fans away than it is at Wembley at the moment. Absolutely. I think Wembley just winds me up. I just get really frustrated by the whole process. I just don't, I don't enjoy yeah. it. Um, no, it's, it's everything. It's, everything. it's a bit it's soulless. It's soulless. Yeah. You know. Um, There's yeah. Nothing no, wrong with it. Yeah, it's, ju- it's just not right. It's like, I, I went... Oh, God. I mean, I, I went quite early on after the, the rebuild. And I remember going watching Tottenham there in some pre-season thing where we were playing like someone from Egypt, Celtic and Barcelona. Did anyone else go to those? <laughs> no, I didn't go to those pearlers. <laughs> it was it was it was it was called the uh, it was called the Wembley Cup. Mm. Um, <laughs> Original. And, yeah, I know. They're, they're fucking geniuses. Um but to be honest, I kinda it was about sort of two thousand and eight-ish, 2010, maybe a little bit later, but it was sort of at the height of Messi, Xavi and Iesta, you know, when they were in their full white genius Pep Guardiola Barcelona mode, so I thought it was going to be worth a watch, get to see Messi in the flesh, I thought that's, you know, it's one of those things you have to try and do in your lifetime, and he didn't play, <laughs> but... He, he did a sort of, I, I suppose you could only call it a victory lap. He was ostensibly warming up by just jogging really slowly round the pitch. And it was the weirdest thing, because every time he went round, and bear in mind most people in the, the, the crowd were Spurs fans, we all rose to our feet and gave him a round of applause. It's like, that was, do you remember that time? I mean, he is a genius, but do you remember that time when he was like, the most genius thing ever, basically. It was that kind of thing. It was like one of those old Roman gladiators going on a lap of victory. It was so <laughs> fucking... It's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen, but it was kind of cool. Cool, yeah, right. So, let's, yeah. Um, let's not talk about Tottenham or Wembley anymore because there's actually quite a lot to get through, so we can't really devote the whole hour to uh, stadium woes. Let's go to <laughs> Burnley's defensive woes. They've shipped nine goals mm. in two matches. Now, admittedly... It's been up against very strong opposition, but mm. Cole, there's got to be a, a worry for Sean Dyche because Burnley were built in this sort of defensive bedrock last season. That's non-existent now, isn't it? Yeah, the, you, you'd have to be worried if you're them at the moment, wouldn't you? Because mm-hmm. they obviously had that cracking season last year, and you kind of thought, oh, Dyche is getting himself a nice side together there, but it just looks like actually they've kind of hit the wall. Um, and obviously, I'm sure the Europa League and you know having a comeback early yeah. and play those fixtures has has kind of messed that squad up slightly. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. again, this is that conundrum that we say, isn't it, Dan? Where it's like if you're a side like Burnley, you want that because it's possibly going <clears> to <throat> be not. And, and this sounds horrible to Burnley, but your once in a lifetime chance of 
Europa League um, in amongst with the big boys and pushing for the top six. But then at the same time, you know the following season, if you haven't got the resources to have yeah. a, a good enough quality squad, you're going to end up possibly struggling with the fear that you could then go down and think, well, actually, was that worth it? Because no, look, but at, look Burnley, at the knock-on effect. I think Burnley are going to be fine, to be honest. I do. Um, I think they'll recover. You know, I, think they'll I mean, recover. I mean, they, they, I mean, since they got knocked out of Europa, didn't I? Mean, they hammered. Was it Bournemouth? I think. They yeah, beat. Yeah, they, I think they won that was it. Nil, beat, beat, they? beat Cardiff the other That's week, it. and you know, I think they drew with. I want to say Huddersfield. They did so, Huddersfield, correct. Like, so three games in a row. When you really think about it, they're the kind of teams that you would expect to be there or thereabouts at the bottom. So if they're if they're nicking draws or largely beating them. There, there's going to be no worries, but yeah, the Europa thing has sort of really affected them. But I wouldn't read too much into the last two results. That that was City going at full pomp and Chelsea in full sorry ball mode. So you know, I think a lot of teams, m- maybe even like slightly better on paper teams than Burnley, are probably going to suffer it. City's hands and Chelsea's hands this year. Oh yeah, you know? absolutely. I mean, uh, well, and 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 already have, and this is why again I was saying not too worried about what happened to us last night. You know, but I, th- I, I think, think Burnley, Burnley once they Burnley settle down, won't they? They'll be all agreed. right once he settles it down and they yeah. get back into their real rhythm. <laughs> I um, agree. Then, they'll, then, be then, no, I mean, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. They've got West, got West Ham away next. <laughs> There's three worse teams than them at the moment, and there will yeah. be come the end of the season. So, I agree, but definitely. Yeah, it's been hard. Talking of the team that did batter them, Chelsea, uh, Cole, Ross Barkley, he's now made it three goals from three. Uh, a pretty ominous win for the Blues, considering Eden Hazard didn't even feature. So how mm-hmm. much of a f- difference does a fit Ross Barkley make to Chelsea? And also, is it an added bonus for Sari, the manager? Because I, I don't think he really banked on him being as good as he was, or has been, shall I say. I think I think I guess with someone like Ross Barkley, there's there's just added bonuses all round in the fact that when you're playing with possibly and training with better players, it can only have a good mm. effect on you because you you take off their 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 good habits and you know right. learning from key players. He's now fit. It looks like he's fit. I think they mm-hmm. said on match of the day, you know, he's trimmed down. He looks a lot leaner. He looks a lot mm-hmm. more athletic. Um, Again, age every year. Hopefully, he'll be developing mentally and know what position yeah, to go how, into. How old, is what he now? 20, how old is he now? Like twenty-four? I think. Like he, yeah, he's like twenty-three or twenty-four. Like so that, yeah. he's got those early, you know, naive years out the way. You'd like to think, wouldn't you? Where you probably thought, "No, I'll just attack." When it's like, "No, just sit here. Don't don't go too mad here." Um, yeah, it's twenty. I, I just tried. Is actually going to be 25 in early right. December. So. Yeah, so it's good now. He's yeah. peak age for peaking, isn't he, if you like. You know, this, I agree. This should be his prime now. Um, yeah. And when he plays with those sort of players, you know, I mean, the, the ball through for Morata's first goal oh, was a beautiful touch, pass. Wasn't it? Absolute beautiful. Glorious. Yeah, and, Glorious. And, and the goal as well. What a strike yep. mm-hmm. for the goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think he'll develop nicely there, and, and they're possibly, you know, again, I hate to say it for us, but that could be a player you sit there and go for the money Chelsea got him for. That could be a player that you. Oh, I agree. I agree. I, I actually, um, I need to dig it out somewhere, but I, I've got a bit of a, a boast on this one because I said 
before the season started, when Chelsea signed Sari, that Ross Barkley, because I, I remembered his kind of traits and skill sets, would actually fit perfectly into Sari ball. I actually predicted this. So I'm going to try go. and dig. I'm going to try and dig the tweet out so I can sort of like verify that. But yeah, <laughs> it, he's he's. He's he's like perfect for sorry ball. I thought he would be once he'd got got over his. Re- I had a really long injury layoff, didn't he as well? Yeah, he had a couple of doesn't help. close together. Yeah, which yeah, were, which were kind of rock, rocked him. I think that's it. That's the one. Yeah, I mean he's certainly um, blooming for Chelsea. I think, like you say, Carl, it might be one where Tottenham fans kick themselves and think, "Oh, do you know what? If only we could get that one over the line." But that's football for you. So there's no point dwelling on that. We've got plenty more to to rattle through. Um, Liverpool, they made light work of Cardiff. A result that, unsurprisingly, doesn't really tell us too much about either side, except, Cole, for the fact that Jurgen Klopp may have a bit of a selection headache when it comes to Jedran Shakiri. I mean, where does he fit in? Because he's looking useful. He's not he's not a, a player that's, you know, peak fitness all the time, but he's doing a job, he's doing it well. So where can he slot into Liverpool's attack line? Or is he sort of then deployed further back to allow the front three to do what they do best? Well, I think what they've done, Dan, isn't they? Which, which is something that you probably say is exactly what Spurs needed to do, which is just buy a couple of players who they may not be starters all the time, but they actually they know the league and they're good enough that if you need to call on them from time to time, you'll you'll get a good enough performance out of them that you know in certain games will get you over the line. You know, and again, Shakiri's going to be one of those players. He'll flit in and out of that side when Klopp feels he can slot him in. Um, mm-hmm. And against sort of opposition like Cardiff at Anfield, that's a prime game for Shakiri to come in where you could rest a Mane, Salah, because you know, and let's be honest, Shakiri's no mug. You know, he wasn't always the most consistent player, but he could always produce the goods on, you know, when he's on his day, he's a great player to have in your squad. And again, that's what Liverpool have done well. They've added players that just give them another good option and they may not start and you can rotate because you know that guy can come in and do a good job, not just a job, a good job in games that you kind of feel, right, but Cardiff at home, we can run this, we can run over this team and we can actually rest potentially some key players here. So Shakiri's a great signing, especially for the money yeah. brought him for. What was it, about 12 million or something? Yeah, was it? absolute no-brainer, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Someone like that. I know? agree. And he'll do really well for them, Dan, because they'll fit him in, in the sort of games that you know Liverpool will be all right in. And he'll even produce a good performance in the big games, you know. You, you wouldn't rock it past him playing against a Chelsea or City and sticking one in the top corner from a bicycle kick. Yeah. You know? it, 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 that was just a great signing and a clever piece of business because Agreed. for that money, what what he could get them in, you know, some of those games that he plays is, is, is double that easily. So he's, oh, yeah. he's a great little player for them. And... Yeah, he won't start in some of the bigger games, you think, but they, they don't need him for that. No, absolutely not. I think, like you say, I think they've got their um, summer strategy in terms of transfers spot on, and that's just a, a, a part of the puzzle, an important one as well. So, you know, he might not play 30 games across the season, but when he does play, he'll do his job, as we've seen against Cardiff, and he might be the sort of his input towards the end of the season that gets him over the line. It's probably the thing they were lacking yeah. last season, the players they could sort of rely off the bench and just keep everyone else fresh. 
So, um, yeah, more power to Liverpool. They play Arsenal on um, Saturday, Saturday evening, and their winning streak has come to an end after a draw at Crystal Palace. Now, JS, um, would you say that was the right result, a draw? Dare I say, if Palace had their shooting boots in the first half, it could have been a much different story. Zaha hit a post. Townsend flashed wide after a lovely build-up when he mm. really scored. So, an impressive point for Palace. But they're going to yeah. be frustrated as well at the same time, aren't they? Uh, yeah, actually, I, I I do I do feel like that game could have gone either way. To be fair, um, yeah, um, it was really entertaining. Did you did you get to watch that one? I did. Yes, I watched as much yeah. as humanly possible over the weekend. So that was hey. uh, yeah. No, yeah. it was an insane game. Actually, I, 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 I re- really enjoyed that game. Um, yeah, Arsenal looking a lot better, aren't they? As well, I, I think Guendouzi. I, I'm really beginning to believe that Guendouzi can turn into one of the top players in the world. Actually, I, I just think he's got. I just think he's got everything. You know, uh, I just think he looks absolutely fantastic. And I'll be honest, I didn't know much about him before he came to Arsenal. Um, didn't know what to expect. They, they signed him from. Who did they get him from? It was Leon or. Marseille or someone like that. France. Nice. <laughs> it was yeah. It was France. It was Nantes. I don't know. Um, no, that would have been Wenger, wouldn't it? Sorry. Anyway, that was uh, in very bad taste. But excuse the pun. Right. So um, yeah, I like it. I like oh, twenty two. Yeah. There, there we go. <laughs> there we go. There we go. So uh, yeah, that was awkward. So um, yeah, I thought you were just both sat there like silently judging me morally. You know, <laughs> saying I was like, you just didn't get the pun. That's good. Um, yeah, I I think that could have gone either way. I actually loved that. That was one of the most entertaining games of the season so far. So um, bit bit lacking defensively both ends. So I, that's why I think Arsenal. I, I do. I don't. I still don't quite see Arsenal having enough of the squad to be in the top four at the end of the season. Not not this year. I think give Emery another year, I I think he'll get him there. And then Spurs are definitely going to need to improve to start keeping up, you know. Yeah, I think you're right there, actually. Um, I, I think it's good for Emery now, isn't it? Now he doesn't have those egos at PSG to kind of deal with. Right. I think he, he's probably loving the fact that he can go in and pick the team he wants to and not have to pick the team that the owner wants. To put on the exactly, yeah. To fill the egos. Yeah, and to fulfil the, uh, the the money role in yeah, the right. club. You know. yeah. I, I actually think Lichsteiner was a bit of brilliant business. Um He's, he's clearly there just to bring bring experience and a calm head and someone who has won quite a lot into the dressing room. They were lacking that before. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised. I, I think I said it on the pod well, a couple of months ago probably now, but I, I think that was more of a um, maybe he's been promised to do his sort of coaching badges and stuff there. You know, You know what I mean? alongside being a rotation option. But I think Arsenal have signed quietly, sort of under the radar, but I think they've signed really well. I mean, Burnt Lino's a fantastic keeper. I I just think the top four is a season too soon for them, and I, I don't think they've quite got the squad to keep it up all year. And definitely the... Um, 
the Thursday, the constant Thursday-Sunday games, as we well know, are an absolute nightmare because you're always usually playing catch-up by Sunday. No one else is playing. It sort of feels all a little bit weird, and then you sort of get stuck in that vicious cycle, don't you? You know. Yeah, I think that might be their downfall this season. But then, obviously, if they can finish mm. top four, then it's something they don't have to worry about. But Carl, in yeah. terms of um, Arsenal's second goal. Was it handball for you in the build-up? I guess it's almost a goal where you needed two bits of technology. One for the goal itself, which went in by you know a handful of millimetres. But at mm. the same time, you almost needed VAR to then rule it out, didn't you? It's quite funny, isn't it? A goal that technology would have disallowed and a goal that technology gives. Um, <laughs> I, I, again, it is another example where, whether people like it or not, the World Cup proved if it's done right, VAR will be one of the best things that you can bring into the game because incidents mm-hmm. like that, you know, will will get spotted. That goal would have been disallowed quite rightfully. And then who knows, the game's different and, and who knows what effect on Palace's season that, that kind of has if they get the win there. So we've got to have VAR. Um, it's yeah, got to be I agree. Because, yeah, it still does make mistakes. There's no doubt about it. But the bottom line is referees can't see everything that's going on. And we've got to get the right decisions made on the pitch and because they do have a massive effect, you know. So that one mm. was the most blatant handball you'll see. And yeah, yeah, it was just another reason to say let's get VAR in as quick as possible. Did yeah. you see the? Did you see the? Um, I watched a bit of the championship game between Leeds and Forest. Did oh, anyone see that? Oh. Uh, you talking about the most blatant handball oh. ever? Have you seen it, Dan? <laughs> Uh, no, I haven't actually. Uh, uh, punching the goal or something. Absolutely outrageous. Yeah, basically, he just bundled it in with his arm and just ran off in celebration. They they didn't obviously they didn't rule it out. So yes, I think the sooner we get far in England, the better. Frankly, that that was just yeah, absolute disgrace. And England might have won the World Cup in 1986. So there you go. Yeah. Twice World Cup winners. <laughs> But, yeah, I think you're absolutely right with VAR. I mean, I remember, what was it, against Rochdale in the Cup last season, you thought, what is this mess? But yeah. after the World Cup, yeah. I'm yeah, yeah. I love it. I think it's great. I think Me the game, too. The game needs it. And absolutely. I mean, when, when you remember, Dan, you look at those a couple of incidents in the World Cup, like the Sanchez tackle. Now, that is the sort of thing that you have to have VAR for because... And in the day, mm. everyone thinks it's a penalty. But when you watch it again, you go, no, what an amazing tackle, actually, in the end. And like, as you said, we all came back from that World Cup actually going, I was actually looking forward to the VAR decisions in the end. You know, you're like, all right, yeah, let's get VAR on it. And, and it actually added something to the games for me. Yeah. So yeah. It, I agree. It, I agree. I completely agree. Yes, yeah, the drama and it didn't. How, however much Alan Dinosaur Shearer hates it. <laughs> <laughs> What does he know? Do you know what I mean? That's a, that's usually a barometer for something good. So um, he actually <laughs> looks he actually looks like an actual dinosaur as well. I, I can't put my finger. Can you imagine the messaging up front? What's Alan Shearer's dinosaur look like? If you know the answer, tweet us and we'll read them out next week. Alan Shearer <laughs> hashtag Alan Shearer dinosaur. But um, <laughs> Carl, in terms of Crystal Palace, they scored twice, um, but they can't rely on penalties every week. They've not quite solved their open play goal problem. That's going to be a concern for Roy Hodgson, especially as they go to Chelsea this weekend. So why is it not happening in front of goal for Palace this season? It's really strange, isn't it? Because you kind of think any side that's got Townsend and Zaha going wide and sticking balls in and 
Freddie mm. Cross through that they do, you'd love to be a striker in that side because you're yeah. rubbing your hands, thinking these two are going to create me all merry hell. Um, mm-hmm. They've just got Benteke, who just looks shot, doesn't he, of any confidence. Yeah. And, you know, that's not the same player that Villa had at one point where everyone no. was after him. Um, yeah. And, and that's, that's going to be their biggest downfall if they've got one, their striker, because if they had a prolific striker, like, say, Glenn mm. Murray, if they had Glenn Murray right now in their side, then you'd think Palace could cause teams real problems. You know, it's a hard town to Murray. But Glenn Murray? I've got a Glenn Murray question, actually. That actually leads me really, really nicely because Glenn Murray got his 100th career goal for the Seagulls um, on Saturday as Brighton got the better of Wolves by a goal to nil. And I carry out scientific polls on Twitter. And here's my latest one. Should oh, Glenn no. Murray have an England call-up. 271 people took the time to vote, and it was quite a close one, this one. 58% of people said no, so tipped the balance slightly. But there is a groundswell of opinion that, you know, of my scientific poll, Glenn Murray should get at least an England cap. Do you guys agree? Carl, I'll go with you first. I don't know whether maybe his time as is not right for international football. You know, whether he's a sort of player that could transfer that to the international level, I don't think that's the sort of player Southgate's looking to build a young, dynamic side around. Um, but it's that adult <laughs> Do you pick I was going to say, isn't he white? It's, it's 35, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. It's so, about, you know, no. It's not going down that route. No. Um, I know there's lots of people no. who probably take that attitude, won't they? That if you're on form, those are the players you should get picked. But let's face it, I think we've moved on from them days where we it were def- def- Kevin def- definitely gives a, uh, Definitely gives a different meaning to the phrase, if you're good enough, you're old enough, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, if you're sort of realistic, he's got the form at the moment, you know, he's scoring enough goals, and if by that criteria alone, you'd think, OK... He deserves an England call-up. But now, it's a different level, isn't absolutely. it? The international is a different level. No, I, I, I don't think so. He's, he's doing a really, really good job. But is he better than Kane? Is he better than Vardy? Is he better if, if, if we even played someone like Rashford straight through the m- middle? And the answer is clearly no. Yeah, so, no. you know. Okay, then. Uh, sorry, but That's no, right. not Maybe if, if not, he was 21, then, he might, it might be a different question if he was 21 and looking like an up-and-coming striker. Oh, but course, as yeah. we say, at his, at his age now, um, he's, he's at his time, unfortunately. Mm, I agree. Okay, then let's go for someone slightly younger. Uh, Callum Wilson, he got a brace against Fulham. And if we're asking the same kind of questions about strikers that should be called up to the England squad, does he have more of a realistic chance, Carl? I would say he probably does, but again, I'm not sure whether, you know, I'd like to see him, you know, again, I think what he probably needs next is a move up to a, a kind of bigger side um, to then see what he can do in a, you know, I guess it sounds horrible for Bournemouth and the way they're playing at the mm. moment, but he needs a move to what we call, say, a top six club and then can kind of see if he can do it when there's a bit more pressure on. Uh, I don't know. I don't know because I mean, surely, surely the players at all the clubs feel the pressure just in slightly different ways, don't they? I mean, he's showing he can do it in what is always touted as the toughest league in the world, and he looks like he's got all the skills. I, I think he's definitely worth the call up. 
For I sure. Mean, he'd be the sort of player now, Dan, that Spurs should be looking at yes, if you want to back exactly up right. for Kane. Yes. Because he had a real horrific injury at one point, which sent mm. him back. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, God, yeah. He was out for ages. Yeah, he was out for a long, long while. Yeah, yeah. Starting to burst on the scene. That was um, it, yeah. He's come back. He's now firing the goals in. And that's that's kind of what I mean, if you like. I'd like to see him get a chance at, say, a club like us now and say, right, OK, now you're on a real, you know, a real proper, not say proper stage, because as you say, he's doing it in the Prem week in, week out at the moment. But now it's like, right, you've, you've got to move to one of these sides where I guess, if you like, the demands are a little bit more. Well, the fans the, what, won't what, be as patient. Oh, I really disagree with you about that, Carl. What, what's the point in him doing that? In what, in what? Sorry, mate. Well, it's not. It's not going to play enough football, is he? Oh no! Don't no, Don't get me wrong. I'm saying he mm. may feel he wants to step up, but I think it's that question that we have, isn't it, about young players? He's probably at the right team right now for him. He's yeah. going to play week in, week out. That's what I mean. He will, he will want to look for that move at some point. Do you, do you know what? Even, even maybe even to somewhere like. Like Everton, they they could do with someone else. I reckon up front, yeah, apart that, from that, that they're struggling at the moment. You know, yeah, like Trent, someone yeah. like that who's you know even I say this for even like a Wolves who are looking to now progress. You know, oh that that's a good shout. Yeah, and he could, he could actually be a leader there, and you yeah. know, really really help push because he yeah. has got the skills. Like I said, it's just I wouldn't. It sounds bad because it would be really good for us to have a backup striker like Callum Wilson, who's still young and hungry enough. But I'm I'm also a bit of a purist in that way. I don't like the top clubs being able to stockpile all the top talent. You know, I'd, I would rather it would be so much more interesting if 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 the league was genuinely more competitive further down you know I, I think it would be i think it would be great if like you know what i mean like ross barkley's doing really well now but you know chelsea signed like drink horse from barkley and they were basically bench warmers for a season um they can't they've constantly done it you know steve sidwell who was like reading's best player <laughs> they did it with him you know um got parker it, yeah and and it's 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 pointless it's pointless, really. I mean, I, I like the way we don't do that, actually. You know, Pochettino likes a very small, tight-knit squad. Um, you know, pros and cons to that, obviously. If you get injuries, you struggle a bit like we have recently. But but I'm, I'm kind of a bit more of a fan of that. Arsenal have stopped doing it. Um, but obviously, teams like City, Chelsea, United. I mean, United... The, the one weird thing I did agree with about Gary Neville, although he, he was sort of bemoaning it and almost trying to make people feel sorry for the giant Man United with their woes, you know, like, he was saying, like, he felt sorry for Mourinho because the transfer policy was all over the place. And, yeah, actually it is. When, you, when you've got a young, talented, or two young, talented players in... Jesse, uh, not Jesse Lingard, sorry, Marcus Rashford and in Anthony Martial, who both can play in the same sort of position that Alexis Sanchez does. What's the point in getting Alexis Sanchez in on like 500 grand a week or whatever it is? Because, you know, you're always going to get to the point where Martial's just going to go, well, I want to leave, I want to play football. You know, 
and he deserves to and it it, it kind of disrupts how football should be we're, we're missing out on development of very good players um i think the best the best case in point with that is sean wright phillips he 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 was he's probably the unluckiest bloke in the world he basically moved to chelsea from uh city just before the abramovich thing you know kicked off big time assuming he would be a first choice starter and then Abramovich started playing fantasy football and he found himself further and further down the pecking order. He went back to City, again, assuming that would be a first-team player, and then they, they got taken over. <laughs> and we know what happened next with City and he ended up playing in the MLS or something. you know. And you sort of think it's deriving a lot of talented players from progressing. So if Callum Wilson did make that kind of move to, you know, I understand what you're saying, say one of the top six clubs, he's not going to oust any of their strikers. And so he just, he'd, he'd end up being like Lorente is for us now. You know, he might get the odd cup game here or there. And his talent would just go to waste. I mean, perhaps he's one of these players who would be fine trebling or quadrupling his salary to go and sit 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 on a bench for 40 weeks of the year or whatever it is but i'd like to see some younger players being a bit more ambitious or maybe moving abroad like Jaden sancho has at dortmund and what an incredible start he's made there that that would be amazing wouldn't it if more young english players did that because that's probably going to benefit the national team in the long run Callum, Callum Wilson going to the top club won't won't benefit England because he won't develop at the same rate as he will even staying at Bournemouth and playing week in week out. Yeah, I think there's, I think both sides of the arguments are sort of have very valid points. I think from a sort of a Tottenham purchasing point of view, he would be the ideal striker to back up Kane because then he would come in and get games, and you could almost see him hitting the ground running and getting goals and minutes and that would be quite good but you're right JS in the sense that if he did go to Tottenham that stifles his development and then yeah. then be good enough to reach England so but that kind of chat opens up a massive ab- that, yeah. that's one of those key debates isn't it where you're it like, is, yeah, does, yeah. does a player want to retire as a multi-millionaire <laughs> or as yeah. somebody who made his name in the game of football um, and it looks like there are too many young players who are mm. happy just to kind of say well I'm, yeah, made, I I'm a multi-millionaire what did you do? Played football. Who are you? Never heard of you. No, well, I never yeah. played a first team game for yeah. anybody, you know, and that, that, I guess that's just the character of the player, isn't it? Absolutely. Do, and that, do, that do, will do, be do, an argument for another day sorry. because we're sort of yeah. running out of time because now sorry. we need to do our loser pool picks of the week. Now, JS is on a an unbeaten run, or is it an unlosing run? I think it's probably the, <laughs> I don't know, it's a 100% run. Um, he's been on red hot form. And uh, we're going to see now if he can extend that into another week. Uh, but Cole is going to get first pick. So we know how the it all works by now. Your loser of the week and why, Cole? Uh, for me, Crystal Palace, then. Oh, uh, they, go, they go away to Chelsea. And unfortunately, in the form and the start that Chelsea have had, I can only see a possible 3 or 4 nil. Um, result here and Palace not having enough, especially up front, to trouble Chelsea. So I'm going to go for Crystal Palace then. Excellent choice. JS, 
You can't ask Cardiff this week, as they seem to be your uh, your favourite losing team. So you're going to have to expand <laughs> your horizons. That's because they, they mostly lose. That is I, true. I, Just expand your I, horizons slightly. Who I do you can't think... believe... I, this is why... I think that's why I win every week. I can't believe you went for Palace, who were one of those teams who could get a draw against one of the top clubs. Um, I'm quite obviously going for Southampton, losing away at Man City. It just seems like that's a banker, <laughs> and I, I reckon I reckon Southampton are going to get hammered. You know, I think you might be right. I'm going to test the waters and be a little bit um, brave on this one. I reckon Arsenal are going to lose at home to Liverpool. Um, mm. Reason being, I think now Arsenal have had their um, wings slightly clipped with that uh, draw. I think that um, Liverpool will be buoyant after getting the better of Cardiff by a. A decent uh, result, you know, they sort of put goals in, they've sort of got through that rough spell they had um, at the sort of beginning and middle of October, so they'll be um, with their t- tails quite high, so I think, yeah, I'm going to mm. sort of test the water, I think we've got wow. easy picks, I'm, I'm going to go bold this week, I'm going to go for uh, the Reds to beat the Gunners at the Emirates, so I'll recap there very mm. quickly, uh, Carl's gone for Crystal Palace to beat Chelsea on Sunday, uh, JS has gone for Southampton, sorry, Carl's uh, going for Chris Bass to lose to Chelsea on Sunday. That would be an absurd pick. Uh, Southampton <laughs> to lose at Man City. Uh, that's JC's pick. And I've gone for Liverpool to lose at Arsenal. And they are this week. No, didn't you go for Arsenal to lose at Liverpool? Oh, yes, I did. That's an absolute nightmare. Right, I'll recap again. <laughs> I've gone for some teams to lose at some grounds this weekend. That's all you need to know. Right, no, seriously. This week. Uh, Carl has gone for Crystal Palace to lose at Chelsea. Right, there's one. JS has gone for Southampton to lose at the Etihad. There's number two. And I've gone for Arsenal to lose at home to Liverpool. Now they are our loser pool picks of the week. We got there in the end. Well done. Well, well done. done. Well done. There you go. Well the sponsors done. will be delighted with that recap, won't they? So, uh, <laughs> cheers, guys. Thanks. It's so... Seamless. More exactly. airtime, Dan. They yes, got more, more airtime. Exactly. It's never That's right. Exactly. Um, so everyone's happy. Everyone's happy. Um, better do the admin because we are literally running out of time. We've got seconds on the clock to go. So apologies to Fulham, although you probably won't want us to discuss that because it's just been more goals. More goals being shipped. That's now mm. 12 in the last three games, 28 this season in the Premier League. That's 2.8 a game, which in any currency is relegation. So we spoke about. Slavici Kanovic having to be pragmatic last week. He's been dealt another harsh lesson against Bournemouth. He's got to change this quickly. He keeps changing his back four, but maybe that's not helping either. There's no cohesion. But again, that's something we'll probably talk about next week if they get um, thumped again. Um, Paul Pogba, a stupid penalty, a stupid footballer, you might say. There's a 60-minute oh. episode we can do uh, another time. I, I just, I don't know. He's, he's, he'd be great in a testimonial at the moment. He just, he's all flicks and tricks and not all else, is he? Um, and what else? Um, Huddersfield, they haven't won this season. They've only won one in their last 20. It looks like being a long autumn for the Terriers. And finally, Southampton versus Newcastle. Now, obviously, it's company policy here. We don't do nil-nil draws. If you wanted to watch that one on Match of the Day, you'd have to be an absolute sadomasochist because I don't see any joy out of that for either Southampton, Newcastle or even any neutral. What a waste of time that would have been watching that. And that is pretty much us out of time for this week. So uh, a sternly recap for all the other clubs. Apologies, you don't get the uh, the time slots, but unless we want us, uh, want us to do like a four-hour podcast and no one really wants that, do they? As much as we love talking football, there has to be some limit. And there is a limit to this show, which means I have to thank my guests, the three amigos have been absolutely excellent tonight, myself included. So, Cole, a big thank you to you. 
Cheers, Dan. Pleasure, mate. Thank you. And JS, once more, a pleasure as always. Thank you, Dan. Not a problem. I hope to speak to you both soon. And with that said, my name's Dan Tracy. This is The Real Football Cast in association with Loserpool. And until next time, goodbye. Podcast Network.